101-93, Lakers over the Charlotte Hornets, 34-21 and on the season. Kuzma leads the Lakers with 24 points, uh, but a lot of other Lakers obviously contribute. Good defense for the Lake Show, just 93 points, just 11 turnovers for the Lakers in this one. Alex Caruso, a really nice game, plus 21 in the plus-minus, hits a big three for the, the Lakers down the stretch when it was a one-point game. He ends up with 13 points. Dennis Schroeder, 19.6 assists, also two steals. Uh, Laker fans, Four and three on this road trip. Obviously, the Lakers now just playing with role players. Andre Drummond, a new addition. Ben McLemore, a new addition. I'll throw this out to Laker fans out there. What'd you think of this seven-game road trip? What'd you learn about these Laker role players? Um, what does this team look like when they're whole and healthy? 877-710-ESPN. Be a part of the postgame show tonight. Let's talk some Lakers basketball. We'll get a chance to hear from all the players. Uh, Andre Drummond here in just a few minutes. Um, I want to start things off with just, uh, like I mentioned, just overall thoughts on the Lakers' four-game road trip. So here you are coming into um, a, a game against the Charlotte Hornets. Actually, let me let me actually take a step further back. You're starting the month of April with seven games straight on the road. And these seven straight games that you have on the road, um, every other game, it's, it's a pretty tough matchup. You got teams that are fighting in the Eastern Conference for playoff positioning. You got teams that are elite in the NBA. So you're going to kind of get a mixture of everybody. And I would say that if you told me walking away from this road trip that the Lakers would have more wins than losses, I don't think there's a Laker fan out there that would be disappointed in that. I think every Laker fan would sign up for that immediately. And they start off in Sacramento. They, they blow the waters out of Sacramento, and that's without a lot of, you know, obviously key main guys. Then they get the Clippers. Remember in that Sacramento game, too, that's the one Drummond can't go because of the toe injury um, that he got against Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez basically ripped his toe off by stepping on his foot. So you blow out Sacramento, you lose to the Clippers. You blow out Toronto. At one point, you have a 34-point lead. You lose to Miami in a close game, a close battle. You blow out the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't really care about the storylines that go with it. Kevin Durant on a minutes restriction. Kyrie Irving gets thrown out of the game. Him and Dennis Schroeder during that game. Uh, Lakers beat the Nets. I mean, they punched them and, and never turned back. You lose to the Knicks yesterday. You come back in this final game. You take care of Charlotte. Um, it's a fantastic road trip. The the 4-3 mark for the Lakers, I, I really, really think, is uh, uh, an important way to close off this road trip. And, you know, as, as the... As the um, rest of the season progresses, and even as this post-game show tonight progresses, I'll talk a little bit about the NBA standings. I don't know how important the standings are going to be for the Lakers, just simply because of the predicament, the situation that they're in. It's going to be just more important to get healthy, but I'll walk away from this uh, road trip 4-3, and three, and I think most people will feel good about it. Let me take a quick phone call here. Let's go to uh, Matt, who's listening on the ESPN app all the way out in Detroit. What's going on, Matt? Uh, uh, Great show, Alan. Um, I wanted to touch on the turnovers, um, okay. especially Dennis Schroeder. I think the Lakers are last in turnovers. It's making uh, winning these games extremely difficult, a lot more difficult than it has to be. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I believe we are last in turnovers in, in, in the NBA. And I also wanted to shout out uh, THT and Markeith Morris for how well they've been playing in the absence of our two big dogs. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. And um, what is the potential of re-signing Markeith Morris? Because this man has been solid for us ever since we picked him out in the buyout market. 
And so far this season, Matt, appreciate uh, appreciate you calling in. Let me start off with the turnovers. All right, so turnovers is an issue, period. And Michael and I were actually hitting on it in the pregame show because in the last game, twenty four turnovers. I can't remember, 24, 25 turnovers they had against the New York Knicks. You're not going to win games with that many turnovers. And I was trying to ask Michael here, listen, um, it's one thing to do these in the regular season, but this is obviously, you can't keep doing this and think you're going to have a successful playoff run. Tonight they were great in turnovers. They had nine in the first half. They had two in the second half. So Lakers only had 11 turnovers total. Uh, I obviously thought that's a uh, that's a big part to do with how this game played out is that the Lakers were not that sloppy. Um, you mentioned something, um, Matt, you mentioned something in regards to a Lakers player. I tweeted this out during yesterday's game. I tweeted out that Markeith Morris is so underrated for the Lakers. He really, truly, truly is incredibly underrated for the Lakers. And the fact that, you know, you're picking up the phone and you're calling and you want to highlight Markeith Morris, not having Markeith in the lineup tonight, you could tell is a significant difference for the Lakers. When you have a guy that comes in and never needs the ball but can still get you 12 to 14 points, um, never complains, is been in the league long enough that he understands how to play defense, can play big, nobody's going to push him around, is definitely one of the dogs that the Lakers have on this team, has the respect of the team, his teammates, and everything else. That is so big on a night-in, night-out basis. So the Markeith Morris thing, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Um, the last player that I'll mention, you, you talked about Taylor Horn Tucker, up and down, right? There's some nights he's going to have a really good game, other nights uh, not as much. Tonight wasn't... Uh, um, wasn't the tail horn Tucker we've seen it during certain times. Only had six points, two of eight from the field, one of six from the three-point line. Actually, would prefer him taking less threes, getting more to the basket. Uh, let me take uh, another quick call here. Joe in the Inland Empire. Joe, what's going on? You're on the Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show. What's up, Alan? All right, looks like we, uh, looks like we lost. Joe, can you hear me there, Hello? bud? No, yep. yeah, yes, 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 I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, good. I just want to say I'm proud of the Lakers. Uh, they bounced back after yesterday. I was real mad yesterday, but they bounced back. I just want to say the only thing about Andre Drummond I'm not that impressed with mm-hmm. is his post game. He has no back down ability. I know that's not a thing that we picked him up for once AD and LeBron come, but I hope like in the summer he he gets with Hakeem Olajuwon or, or Curry because he looks a little bit worse than Dwight Howard. But I really do. I feel good about what we're doing. Joe, good. appreciate appreciate you calling in, bud. Sorry, the the line is dropping there. Let, let me say, Joe, I'm actually I'm glad you brought up Andre Drummond. So. Andre Drummond had 12 rebounds tonight. You know, one of the things I was telling Michael, uh, Michael and I, when we were kind of in the middle of where's Andre Drummond going to end up signing? You got you got the buyout market that's coming. Man, if Andre Drummond ends up with the Boston Celtics, that's or uh, Boston was one option. But if he ended up with the Clippers or Brooklyn, that's a load of a player that another team's going to get. And one of the things I was excited about if he came to the Lakers, um, I don't think he's a franchise player at all. And he's got paid as a franchise player, for the most part. And I mention that because if Andre Drummond, and I think you're seeing it right now with the Lakers, no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, there's times where the Lakers throw him the ball down low and it's, okay, Drummond, go to work. Drummond's a power player. Drummond's not 
Uh, I'm going to shimmy, couple fakes, beautiful footwork, nice hook shot. Um, I could face the basket, take a 12-foot jumper. He's not one of the – he ain't no AD, right, Anthony Davis. He's not – you mentioned a couple players. Joe was mentioning a couple players. You, you started talking about um, Hakeem Olajuwon or David Robinson or Carl Malone or Charles Barkley. Big guys that have an incredible skill set and – um, you know, obviously can do damage with their back to the basket or facing the basket. Yeah, that ain't Andre Drummond. It's not. But why I was excited about Andre Drummond coming to the Lakers, Joe, I think what you're going to find out once everybody comes back, the LeBron and Anthony Davis, those factors when they come back, he's not going to have to be that for the Lakers. He gets to be, he gets to play to his strength. Do you know what his strength is? Be a freaking big man, grab some rebounds, get a couple lobs, uh, be a force in the middle and call it a day. That's all he's going to have to do. If you think you're going to run your offense through Andre Drummond, you got to throw the ball uh, down low to him. I think these last few games probably show you that would not be a strength for the Lakers, and it's not a strength for Andre Drummond. Okay, and we come back. I know I'm spending a lot of time here on Andre Drummond. When we come back. Let's uh, we'll hear from Andre Drummond. Get his thoughts on this uh, Lakers win. How he's feeling so far with the Lakers, his comfort level. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 101-93, to the final score. Lakers over the Charlotte Hornets. Appreciate you guys tuning in. This is the Pizza at Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Here is Wanamaker. Left side stolen by Wes Matthews. Gets it ahead to Caruso. Lakers can tie or take the lead here. Caruso back to Matthews. Matthews top of the key, Montrez Harrell. Harrell dribbling, turns, kick it to Caruso. Three-pointer by Alex, and that's good. Two threes in a row for the Lakers, and L.A. is in front, 18-17. Lakers over Charlotte, 101-93, the final score. The defensive play of the game is brought to you by Adriana's Insurance. Win and save on your auto insurance, and only Adriana's Insurance can guarantee it. We give you more options, unique offers, and exclusive opportunities to get the coverage you need at the best price. Visit SaveWithAdrianas.com today. Adriana's Insurance. More options, no contracts, just savings. I mentioned 101 to 93, the final score. And defensively for the Lakers, they gave up 16 points in that third quarter. Uh, That's the difference of the game. Uh, You know, you look at it, nine steals for the Lakers, also two block shots. I mentioned the 11 turnovers. Alex Caruso, a lot to do with that defense. Um, just a fantastic end to a tough road trip, even though it wasn't a pretty game. It's not like this is a, you know, this was a special game. Lakers had to grind it out at the end. Uh, let me uh, squeeze in one quick call before we uh, take a listen to Andre Drummond. Let's go to Eric on the 405 freeway. What's going on, Eric? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for calling I- in. What What'd you think tonight? Well, you know what? I, I-, I got to tell you something. I-, I thought when the Lakers got Drummond mm-hmm. that, uh, that was going to be huge because the guy is a load. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you what, you know, uh, Lucas Aldridge and Blake Griffin thought they were going to cruise to a ring, and they were, they were having fun until they met him the other night. And, and when, when LeBron gets back, when LeBron and AD get back, I'm looking at the Western Conference playoff picture. 
Now you, you if you talk about a series against the Clippers, you've got to you're going to have to play uh, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on AD because Drummond would eat them alive under the hole. So you gotta you gotta you know you gotta guard him with uh, Zubats or people like that. Uh, he's the kind of guy who can get an, uh, uh, Rudy Gobert into foul trouble or at the very least wear him out. Uh, he's going to be huge. And, and I, I just I, I thought if we got the Drummond that we, we have seen in the past few years, that that might be the difference maker. I, would, I was thinking that, that the Nets might, might just be there. I, I really got to think if the Lakers are healthy right now, if the Lakers are healthy now, being objective, Mm-hmm. I don't know how you. I don't know how you stopped it. To say nothing of what he does on the defensive well, end. Well, Eric, and, and here's the beauty, and I appreciate you calling in. The beauty is this: the beauty, like I mentioned, and we're about to take a listen to Andre Drummond here in just a second. The beauty is Andre Drummond's not going to be asked to do what he, what he, what they wanted him to do in Detroit. In Detroit, they signed him as a, a franchise player, right? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they thought, okay, hey, this is uh, him and Blake, or I'm not, not him and Blake. That was in uh, obviously in Detroit. He's not going to ask to be the franchise player. He's not going to ask to be the second best player. He's lucky if he's the third best player, and that's a compliment to who the Lakers have on the roster. I, I mentioned this: if you're asking Andre Drummond to run your offense through him, that that's not a good strategy. And that's not how it's going to be for the Lakers, but he's going to be able to benefit because there's so much attention on Anthony Davis. He's going to be able to benefit because LeBron James is one of the best passers in the history of the NBA. So you obviously got that combination. Uh, Let's take a listen to Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond on the Lakers' 101-93 victory over the Charlotte Hornets. Here's Drummond. Hey, Andre, the first practice that you guys had back at, uh, in the home facility, Frank had talked about you're getting your hands on ball, uh, the ball, the basketball all the time. And I just wondered on that final possession defensively, what you saw before you ended up tipping the ball um, away from Devontae Graham. You know, just instincts. Just instincts, you know, uh, when it's time to win, you know, I just channel that, uh, that inner me. I mean, I just know when to go for steals. And uh, when it's crunch time, you know, I try to make the right decisions. And now it's the time to do it. I want to ask you about Alex Caruso. Uh, so he's uh, there's been a lot of games where he leads the team in plus minus, and he kind of makes the the clutch defensive play. Uh, he of course hits the dagger three in this one. There's, what have you observed from being his teammate these last couple weeks? He's a hell of a player. Alex is a great player on both ends of the court. Uh, his plus minus number say say. I mean, there's not much more to say. When he's on the floor, great things happen. Uh, love having him as a teammate. You know, when we're on the floor together defensively, it's a it's a scary thing. And then, Andre, just summing up this trip, uh, so many different guys out in various games. Uh, how did you guys kind of pull together, uh, find a way to go four and three as you head home? You know, we're still learning. You know, this is uh, game four for me, like four and a half. I guess, boy, this is four and a half for me. So I'm still learning, uh, still trying to figure it out. And, you know, for a team that has so many people out right now and guys that are hurt, we're still finding ways to pull together and win. So it just shows the, the fight and grind that we have here. Dave? Andre, you had a offensive rebound off a KCP miss late in the game. Tried to kick it back out to the perimeter. It was a turnover. And when you guys went to the bench, the camera showed you kind of punched the chair. And Wes Matthews came over and kind of got in your ear and and and, and seemed to be trying to lift you up a little bit. Uh, what does that say about how you already made some bonds with, with guys uh, on this team? And um, you know, do you appreciate a teammate coming uh, to kind of pep you up in that moment? 
yeah, that moment was uh, was a tough one for me because not only could I have one back up and shot it, you know, I just try to make the right play, you know, try to hit him with the dagger three. Uh, he looked open. I didn't see uh, Daniels, you know, peeking around the corner, turning the ball over. But, you know, having my teammates come over and comfort me in that situation, not allowing me to keep my head down to stay positive and, you know, get it back on defense, which I did the next possession. I got that steal on Cody Zeller. You know, having guys like that in my ear is only going to project me to be a great player for this team. Kyle. Kyle Boom. <laughs> I appreciate your enthusiasm. It's so early in your Lakers career, you haven't learned to, to be disappointed when I log on. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, what? so you, obviously um, you guys win with some defensive plays down the stretch here. Um, what, where, where do you feel like you can make the most growth um, sort of, building chemistry offensively and, and is it encouraging to win a game like this when you know the, the offense is, isn't clicking um like you guys know it can yeah you know like i said earlier i'm still trying to figure it out too i mean offensively you know it's probably is the worst i've played in my career you know i'm still trying to figure it out here uh you know i'm not allowing it to take me out of my game i know why i'm here which is to help this team defensively uh offensively it'll come for me and i think for us as a team we're going to find a way to get it done when guys come back healthy. Cause you got to think we're playing with a different five every night when we're stepping on the court. So you can't expect us to have much chemistry when you don't know who we're playing with each and every night. So, you know, we're hanging our hat on defense and allowing that to protect us to a win. Okay. Last two, Dan. Hey, Andre. Um, I think you guys were um, up seven or eight when Frank called the timeout and then that lead got cut to one um, and there wasn't a second timeout. He let you guys kind of figure it out. Um, on the court. Uh, how important is it for a coach to do that? I mean, you're still trying to learn him too. I know, I guess, what does that say about his trust in you guys and how important was it for you guys to reward it? No, that just shows uh, his trust that he has in us as players and as a team to figure it out down a stretch of games without calling timeouts and, you know, stopping the game. And I think we did a really good job of, you know, pulling together defensively, get stops that we needed to win the game. Okay, last question, Harrison. Hey, Andre, kind of a random one for you, so bear with me here. But um, on the broadcast tonight a couple times, they called you the Big Penguin. That's like one of your top re nicknames on basketball reference. Lakers Twitter is really kind of glommed onto it. I was just wondering, like, do you know when that started and do you like the nickname? Listen, man, I don't know where that came from. Bron came up to me one day and said, yo, is your nickname Big Penguin? I said, man, I don't know where that came from or how it started or who came up with the, the name. All I know is somebody must have found out that penguins are one of my favorite animals, and it kind of just, I guess, put two and two together. Are you good with it? Do you like the nickname? Are you are you happy with it? Or I think I need a more aggressive name than Big Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> but for the kids, you can call me that. The kids, the kids can call me that. All right, that's that's Andre Drummond right there. Was not aware that there's a nickname going around called the Big Penguin. Andre Drummond um, ended up for the Lakers. I mentioned the 12 rebounds offensively. Uh, just two of seven, he's taught, he talked about how he's been struggling on the offensive end. But at the end of the day, what are Lakers going to need from Drummond? Grab some rebounds, be a big man in the middle, play some defense, get a couple lobs, and uh, that's all they need from him. And, and certainly that's what they're going to depend on once uh, we get to the postseason. All right, more of your phone calls coming up next, 877-710-ESPN. Plus, we'll get a chance to hear from Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. 
Stay with us here. This is the Pizza Out Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 101-93, the final score. Lakers 34-21 and on the season. Points in the paint all season long is sponsored by Vista Paint. Right now, local residents can take 40% off on factory direct high-quality Vista Paint products. A Vista Paint team member will show you how locally owned, manufactured, and operated since 1956. Vista Paint. Uh, Lakers actually outscored in the paint 50-32. to 32. You know, there were some stats that I talked about, plus 21 from the three-point line, only 11 turnovers, only two turno- turnovers in the second half. Uh, this was not one of the stats that the Lakers stood out in, 50-32. to 32. Um, Let me read off a couple quick tweets here before we go to Lakers head coach. Um, Tim Deeps on Twitter says, I'll take it. It's damn impressive considering what they were up against, talking about the Lakers going 4-3 and three on the road trip. Um, Team Money on Twitter, Drummond had a huge impact with his defense, 12 rebounds, four offensive rebounds, three steals, talked about how big the bench was from Alex Caruso to Montrez Harrell, Ben McLemore, Wesley Matthews, and, uh, and Alfonso McKinney. Alfonso McKinney, by the way, you know, we don't talk about this kid much. We don't really say too much about him. Uh, Part of that has to do with, he doesn't get all that many opportunities. He's a good player. Perfect size for the NBA, perfect role player, doesn't need the ball to be effective. He had a beautiful offensive rebound. He had a uh, a couple nice threes for the Lakers. I mean, very impactful in this game. I'm actually really enjoying when he gets some opportunities with the Lakers. Okay, let's go to Lakers head coach Frank Vogel, get his thoughts on the Lakers' eight-point win and the four-and-three road trip. Lakers handle the Charlotte Hornets. Caruso had his kind of typical makes a bunch of big plays, leads the team in plus-minus, you know, draws some charges, et cetera. Did, was it? Did you enjoy seeing him hit that three in the final seconds? Yeah, of course. You know, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, it was a big shot for us to seal the game. Um, you know, but he does so much dirty work for us; it's ridiculous. And uh, it seemed able to contribute offensively the way he did tonight. Uh, just felt good for for everyone, and everybody's happy for him. You know, but still, even though he hit that big three, that to me the biggest uh, play of the game was a containment play on Graham. Uh, you know, where he cut him off one way. Uh, Graham misdirected and then tried to get a three off. And you know, Alex came back and double hand contested that one as well. So, I mean, just a, a great two-way performance by him. And he's definitely the star of the game tonight. Frank, Andre Drummond was just talking about the difficulty of trying to find chemistry with different lineups every night. And I know that bleeds into the philosophy you've had about defense first and just kind of putting it together that way. Can you speak to that and how that played out in this game? Yeah, it's just a, been a disjointed trip a disjointed season uh seemingly new rotation new guys in there uh, each night and um you know our guys are just competing through it you know they're they're giving great effort uh we played against an extremely physical and tough and and, and kind of wear you down uh, opponent last night in new york uh arrived here in charlotte late at night and, and got a complete completely different challenge from a standpoint of a, a young energetic in your face pressure and type of defense tonight and, um, you know, our guys didn't let us uh, let it phase them. Um, you know, it was imperfect, but our guys competed through it and we were able to get to W. 
And then, Frank, just your initial thoughts on when you next time you play at Staples Center, there'll be fans in the building. Can't wait. Uh, man, I can't wait. You know, the, the mystique of being in that building with our great fans is uh, it's a big part of why it's so cool to be a Laker. And, um, you know, it's just been absent this year and, and it's been missed. And we're excited to have our fans back for sure. Dan? Hey, Frank, um, I think you guys were up seven or eight when you called the timeout in the fourth quarter. And then Charlotte came out and went on like a 6-0 run and cut it actually to one. And you didn't use any more timeouts. You kind of let your guys figure it out. Uh, what went into that decision to not call a timeout there? And then I guess when you talk about silver linings, having that group kind of figure out a way to win on the fly, is that something that can be valuable sort of long term for those guys? Yeah, definitely a silver lining with, with how, you know, all, all these guys that are having small successes, uh, you know, spill into when we are a whole. And, um, you know, in terms of the timeouts, you know, I want to, I'd like to save my, my final two timeouts for the final minute of the game. Um, you know, there's a, there's a rule where all your, all your uh, timeouts that you have left over, you lose at the three minute mark. Uh, I was leaving Schroeder in there uh, for a long stretch, um, I think 15 straight minutes to finish the game. And, you know, so I used, I used two timeouts in the fourth uh, just to get our guys' legs under them um, because you lose them at the three-minute mark, you know. But, you know, at, at 2.30 or two minutes, whatever point you're referring to, you know, you start eating into your, your late-game timeouts at that point. So you ask the guys to compete through that. You put them in, uh, in actions that you think are going to work for you, and, and it all worked out. Kyle? Hey, Frank, related to that, um, you know, I remember Dennis hit a shot, um, I think, to bring you guys to 92, and he just looked like so flat-footed and, and like he was maybe a little gassed. Do you think that, you know, the, the toll of this road trip, especially how banged up everyone's been, sort of accumulated over, over the course, and did that come out a little bit at the end tonight, just seeing some fatigue? Yeah, I think uh, I think all our guys are, are really fatigued right now. You know, uh, we've been stretched really thin uh, with all the injuries and the compact schedule uh, and the seven seven straight road games. But we come out of it four and three uh, on this this stretch, three and two on this particular trip. Um, you know, we feel good about that, and uh, you know, we got a tough schedule coming up. But you know, I, I definitely think that uh, you know all our guys have been stretched thin, and you know, they're just they're just competing through it right now. So I'm proud of. Them. Okay, last two. Dave? I have two quick ones. One, getting back to L.A., what does that mean for Anthony Davis's rehab and recovery uh, ramp up? Yeah, well, he's still in He's still in now. We'll have an update for you when uh, he gets reevaluated when we get back to L.A. And Fair enough. And, and the second question is, is Andre Drummond – Seven points over this back-to-back. -back. He, he told us that he thinks it's, he's playing the worst offensive basketball of his career. What do you think of that assessment, and, and what can you guys do to change that? Well, you know, I think having LeBron out there with him will, will contribute in NAD, um, you know, two elite playmakers. Um, the last two nights have been difficult challenges. You know, we had a really um, a stingy defense that we played against last night that was intent to not let us post up by fronting. Um, and not letting our base get any post touches. And, um, you know, tonight was they played zone the whole game. You know what I mean? So you play zone to take away the post, uh, to pack it in, and to take away players like Trez and, and Drummond. And, um, 
you know, we just have to take what the defense gives us, which was a lot of perimeter shots, a lot of driving kick situations. And, you know, it was, it didn't result in, in, in drum having a, a high point total, but I don't agree that he's, he's playing uh, really poorly offensively. Um, just the nature of the last two defensive opponents. Hey, and last question, Anthony DeVille. Hey coach. I uh, just want to ask you, you know, with everything that's been going on with the injuries that you guys have sustained, uh, what's your assessment right now of, of the team that you currently have? And, you know, I could tell after the last game, you know, you, you, I could tell that you were a little disappointed and lost, but the fact that they came out and got a gutsy win tonight and then just overall how they've been finding ways to win ball games despite, you know, losing and not having your two, you know, star players. What do you think of the guys and what they're doing and how they're handling this crucial time without their, their leaders? Yeah, I couldn't be more proud of, of the effort they're putting forth night in and night out. Uh, like I said, uh, having been stretched thin uh, with all the injuries and, you know, we wanted to win, win some games along this stretch. And, you know, you have seven, seven straight road games and you come out of that uh, plus plus 500 um, with not only Brian and AD out, but but seemingly a new guy out each night. Um, you know, Cruz missed a couple games. West missed a couple games. Uh, Keith is, is a late, late, late scratch tonight. Um, you know, it's just been a challenge, you know, so to come out of this stretch uh, four and three, uh, we're happy with, but, you know, we still got a lot of work to do. We still, uh, still don't have those guys back yet. And, you know, we got to win some games this week. Hey, and lastly, I just want to say, you know, how special is that, you know, your next game uh, against the Celtics long, of course, one of the biggest rivalries in basketball and fans are allowed to attend. How, how crazy do you think that's going to be? Oh, it's going to be awesome. You know, I, I wish we had 18,000 fans, not 1,800. <clears throat> or, or whatever it's going to be, um, you know, but at this point, uh, you know, I, I think just having those those fans in there uh, should give us a big lift. But, you know, we're looking forward to, to full capacity at some point for sure. OK, one more coach. We'll go uh, Maximilian. Thank you very much. Um, with as many players out in the last weeks as there have been, the responsibilities for Dennis have been much bigger than anticipated at the beginning, I suppose. How do you think he's handled that? Very well. You know, he, he's a competitor, you know, and he, he wants to do everything he can to win games. And, um, you know, he's in the prime of his career, so you can really uh, sort of lean on him for heavy minutes and a heavy load uh, within those minutes um, with, with what he does on the defensive end, um, you know, as, as well as, you know, carrying a heavy load offensively. So, you know, proud of him, uh, you know, being able to compete through this and, and carry a big load for us. All right, that's uh, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel covered uh, a ton of things. Obviously, the foundation of what he said is proud of the guys, proud of them fighting, and proud of them over this seven-game trip going 4-3, and three, and he's excited to have Laker fans back at Staples Center coming up on Thursday against the Celtics. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a quick look at the NBA standings. We'll get a chance to hear from Kyle Kuzma. By the way, Kuz ends up uh, tonight with 24 points. 7 of 18 from the field, so it wasn't the best percentage-wise, uh, 4-12 from the three-point line, but the Lakers needed every bucket that he brought. So Kuzma coming up next. Take a peek at the NBA standings. Lakers over the Hornets, 101-93, the final score. Pete Tut, Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. And for the Lakers, the Boston Celtics. How about this? I, I was looking back, trying to think to myself. I'm like, wait, when's the last time we've had fans at Staples Center? It was March 10th, 2020. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Lakers last season, there was a critical kind of weekend for the Lakers. They had the Milwaukee Bucks, and then they had, on a Friday night, they had the Clippers on a Sunday afternoon. And I remember coming into both of those games, you know, these were statement games for the Lakers. They had 
lost to a lot of the elite teams so far in the uh, in the East. Milwaukee was leading the way in the East. They lost that matchup. I think they had lost the first two matchups against the Clippers. So Lakers win both games. They they beat Milwaukee and then they handle the Clippers. It was a Clippers home game on that Sunday. Then they had one game left. It was Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets. When I say one game left, as in it was the final game before the season was postponed. So we haven't had Laker fans since March 10th, 2020. That's the last time we've had Laker fans. So when you hear Coach talking about it, and I'm sure we're going to go to Kyle Kuzma in just a second here. Um, everybody's, you know, for from a Laker fan perspective, you got to be so excited. And if you're a player and a coach, to actually have people there to to hopefully get rid of the fake noise that I know Michael and I talk about all the time. I, John Ireland mentions it all the time at Staples Center. They've done everything they can to try and make that experience for the players, for everybody that's there, the TV experience. They're, they're trying to make it as normal as possible. It's just impossible to be normal. So to get fans back, uh, Lakers and the Celtics, that's obviously a big one. Um, I, I mentioned I, I want to point out the NBA standings real quick. So a couple things going on with the standings. I just don't know how important the NBA standings are going to be for the Lakers. It's probably going to be critical for other teams. Now you got some teams getting an opportunity for home court advantage, and um, you know they're going to have fans back in arenas. And we'll see how much, what percentage that is as we get closer to the playoffs, and then uh, second round. And by the time you're in the Western Eastern Conference Finals, uh, hopefully things just only open up more and more. But for the Lakers, here they are in fifth place in the West. So they're 34 and 21 on the season. Fifth place has them half game behind the Denver Nuggets, and it has them uh, two games in front of the Portland uh, Trailblazers. Portland's actually playing Boston right now, so that's one game to keep in mind. So the reason why I point this out is because, you know, obviously Laker or uh, NBA fans know what happened to Jamal Murray yesterday uh, with his ACL tear and. Um, that's going to keep him out for Michael and I were talking about. That's a year-long injury, but just kind of paying attention to this season. Um, you know, unfortunately for them, that that's going to just devastate Denver's chance of any opportunity to win an NBA championship or make some kind of a run. I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is I, I don't really care where the Lakers end up in the standings. It just is not important to me. And I think there's a lot of Laker fans out there that probably feel the same way. Would it be nice? Yeah, it would be great. You're in, you have home court for the first round, let's just say hypothetically. But the reality is no matter how you look at it, you're going to face the elite teams, period. And for the Lakers, it's just a matter of being healthy. And I think we're you know one step closer to getting there. And we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks as we get into that first week of May and see if the Lakers are in a position where everybody's back and everybody's healthy. All right, Kuzma, tonight, 24 points for the Lakers, uh, 7 of 18 from the field, played 34 minutes for the Lake Show, hit some big shots, 4 of 12 from the three-point line. Kuzma's thoughts on the Lakers' uh, win over the Charlotte Hornets. How the calf felt, was that what was that what was sore when we could see you grimace uh, from time to time, I suppose, uh, other than on that dunk? Yeah, I, you know, I, I had some pretty pretty rough cramps uh, going back to last game and it kind of just really carried over and uh, you know, kind of just you know, bit me in the butt today. Uh, but, you know, I just fought through it and just tried to help, help the team out as much as I could. So, uh, you know, just got through it. Yeah, so you had the four threes, the two of them the, at the end of the second quarter and then two early 
in the second half. Kuz, his Stu Lance suggested on the broadcast, maybe some of the shooting numbers lately. He wondered if that was attributable at all to the calf. Is that something you've been kind of dealing with now for the last week and change? And how did you get over it for that middle stretch of the game today? Um, just find, trying to find my touch. You know, I, I've been, I've been, <clears throat> I've been in a little slump. Uh, it was good to see some go in. Uh, hopefully, I can carry it over. Still didn't shoot well enough today from three, but you know, it's a start. Uh, I'm just trying to get back to where I was um, for majority of the year so and then zooming out just a little bit you guys have played better generally on the road do you think having fans now for the first time at back at staples can can even some of that out is, is that i assume that's something you're quite excited about uh yeah i think so i think it'd be really fun obviously staple misses uh, fans in the arena and we did it too it's going to be really exciting to have fans back especially the boston fans so uh you know only fitted to have fans uh, during that game and uh, to have fans in the championship banner um, race, whenever that is in May. So, you know, it, it's exciting. Dave. Because I got two quick ones for you. One, you, know, you guys are a group that many of you were together to win a championship, so I don't want to overblow this, but you guys go four and three on this extended road trip, missing to your better players, uh, what does that do for the group? Um, I mean, we got champion champions on the roster, and we got uh, you know, some hard, hard playing players that really want it. So, you know, I think uh, we've done a great job in the past few games of really figuring out how to win games together, uh, figuring out how to play with one another, and uh, figuring out how to get wins. And uh, that's that's what togetherness and being tied together. I think uh, during this stretch, we've been uh, really great defensively, you know, not having our voice out there with Bron and, you know, someone that just erases mistakes with AD out there. And for us to, you know, continue to do that without having those guys out there is, you know, it's going to be scary for people when those guys get back. So. You know, that's given us confidence. And, you know, I think offensively, um, you know, we've really been so far out, honestly. But, um, you know, we're, we're just trying to make slides or make uh, make strides on that end and, um, you know, just trying to, you know, <clears throat> weather the storm. And uh, we're doing that as much as we can. And, you know, be four and three on this road trip, that's a, that's a win. That's a win for us. And, you know, hey. Uh and, and second question, real quick, uh, something that's still being figured out is how Andre Drummond fits in with you guys offensively. He had seven points in the back-to-back, -back and he said that he's playing the worst offensive basketball of his career right now. Uh, what can you guys do to get him going? I mean, it's just a process, man. You know, it's not going to it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, Rome wasn't built overnight, and you know, I think that you know, for him, it, it's a big adjustment. You know, when you think about it. He's kind of really never really been coached in his career. Um, you know, in Detroit, Cleveland, and coming here into you know a championship organization, it's it, it, it's it's tough. It's tough, and I think that for him, the best thing about him is he's doing a great job of just learning and, and asking questions and, and soaking everything in. Uh, and, you know, I learned it firsthand last year. It's it's a huge difference when you're playing basketball and winning basketball. And you know, 
that's the adjustment he's trying to make right now and, you know, figure it out with new teammates and, and you know, new offensive and defensive schemes and, you know, trying to play the right way. And, uh, you know, he's handling well and it's an adjustment period. And, you know, I think once uh, two big dogs get back, it's going to be much, much easier for him uh, because it's going to be a lot more simplified. And, you know, you'll, you'll see some you know, big impact games from him. Down the road. Kyle. Hey, Kuz. Um, specifically, you know, what did, did Alex really give you guys in, in those closing minutes? Um, and, and do you sense that, um, sort of building off Dave's question, that the, the guys who were with your run last year have helped uh, kind of deliver some, in some of those crucial moments when the game could go either way? Um, you know, I think the guys have been here, you know, we just know how to make championship win in place, plain and simple, you know. Um, obviously, you see uh, <clears throat> AC hit a huge three, but, um, you know, him getting a huge rebound, um, you know, getting a huge crack back um, seal off of, a, you know, a defensive rebound, which we were god-awful today. Um, you know, slot cutting, making the open for – KCP to hit open threes, you know, just just, just little things um, that, you know, doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And, um, you know, it just helps us win ball games. You know, that's what he's done his entire career, and he's going to continue to do that because that's just who he is as a player. Last two. Dan? Um, you guys have played in buildings that have only had 1,700, 2,000 people in them. I'm curious, does, even if it's a small amount of fans, does it make it like an actual difference in terms of the game's energy? And um, has it been a disadvantage not having that at home, especially as this, the games have piled up this season and fatigue is what it is? It's like a sellout, for real, for real. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, you know, having fans, you know, 2,000, 3,000, I don't know, after playing in a bubble, which was, you know, as, as some of you guys know, it was more of a production a production stage and then playing in empty arenas for, you know, majority of the year, um, you know, to have 2000 fans, you know, I think tonight Charlotte went on a little run, got the lead down to one 92, 91, and it was rocking in there with 2000 fans. So, um, you know, it just feels good to play in front of people and play, play in front of um, fans of the NBA it's good. You know, it's, it's a part of the game and it's a huge part of the game. Last question, Melissa Rowland. Hey Kyle, as a follow-up to that, um, what was the strangest part over the last year of playing without fans and what have you missed the most? Uh, strangest part was being locked away in a bubble NBA prison. That was the strangest. Uh, but I also miss it at the same time. Uh, <laughs> as weird as that sounds, you know, that was a pretty fun time, but it was held at the same time. So, yeah. All right, that's uh, Kyle Kuzma right there. Hit on a few things that I think will address part of this conversation coming up on Thursday about the Lakers taking on the Boston Celtics fans, obviously back at Staples Center. Let's do this when we come back. I know we got a few calls uh, on hold here. 877-710-ESPN if you want to be a part of the Pizza at Lakers postgame show. I'll take your phone calls. We'll start previewing the Lakers 
and the Boston Celtics. Celtics have a game going on right now against Portland, so I'll get you an update on that one as well. Uh, stay right here. I'm Alan Sliwa, Pizza Hut Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So next game for the Lakers uh, against the Boston Celtics. Lakers handle the Hornets 101-93, to the final score. Boston's playing right now in Portland. So about six minutes left in the third quarter. Portland with a 76-70 lead. Kind of an interesting one. Lakers with a small advantage over the Portland Trailblazers for fifth place. Portland, if Portland ends up holding on to this game, Lakers will have a game-and-a-half lead over the Blazers. So something to keep in mind there. A couple other scores um, that has, yeah, you could say, somewhat of an impact to the Lakers, at least in the Western Conference. Suns over the Heat, 81-72. They're about to start the fourth quarter there, or they're just finishing up the third quarter. Earlier in the day, Clippers beat the Pacers. Jazz took care of the Thunder. So th- there's your teams in the Western Conference. Let me uh, let me grab a couple quick phone calls here, and uh, we'll continue to talk about the Lakers taking on the uh, Boston Celtics as well. Let's start off with uh, Pedro in Inglewood, what's going on, Pedro? Hey, what's going on, Adam? Appreciate uh, you yeah, calling I was just in. Listening to you, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just listening to you talk about how you don't care what speed the Lakers are because it doesn't matter because as long as AD and LeBron are healthy. I, I think, I think, I think, Pedro, bit. Pedro. I think it's because of the predicament the Lakers are in that it's not something they could really control. So if LeBron and Anthony Davis were healthy. Yeah, I'd be saying, okay, there shouldn't be – Lakers should be – if they're not the number one seed, you got to be top two, something along those lines. But because they've been out for so long, I don't – I just don't think you can really pay that much attention to it. If you would disagree with me, tell me why. Exactly what you're saying. Like, I, I agree with your your um, with your idea there. But what I'm saying is, like, you got to care. Like, I was watching the Knicks game last night. That, that That's a game that the Lakers, the Lakers lost. I, I know the Knicks played well, but – the Lakers like slept walk through that game. Mm-hmm. Through that could be you know important down the line. Like you said, they're only a half game up or or whatnot. But it, it's important because if they end up getting into that playing tournament, that's that's games that like let's say LeBron or AD come back later than than expected. Those are extra games that now have a, a lot of pressure because they're must wins. Like what if the AD and LeBron aren't back together like a long enough time to like gel with the team again. Everyone just thinks, oh, they're going to have five, six games. They'll be, they'll be ready. But now you're playing in high, high leverage games. And let's say, okay, they win. But those are an extra couple games that they have at the end of the season where they could have been at home or where instead of not playing, you know, Anthony Davis, we all know his injury history. There's no need for him to play extra games that are unnecessary. I, I get that. Better effort. Pe- Pedro, I get, the, I get the concept of it. And I appreciate you calling in. I get the concept of it. But – I'm not going to go that far. If Lakers were in a play-in tournament um, and it's not ideal, nobody wants them to be in that seventh seed, okay, it is what it is. They're not losing two in a row. They're not. And LeBron James and Anthony Davis, if the two guys are healthy, um, then you obviously got a legit chance of winning an NBA championship. If they're not healthy, uh, you're probably not going to win a championship. You're just not going to be able to in the Western Conference and the way the East has stacked up. So, I'm not saying lose on purpose and not pay attention to the standings. What I'm saying is wherever the Lakers end up in the standings, I just don't think it really matters that much. 
maybe with Denver now losing Jamal Murray, that could have more of an impact. You want the fourth rather than, you know, falling to six or whatever the case is. But that's an unfortunate, obviously, scenario that came up out of nowhere, and it came up yesterday. Uh, Coach in Simi Valley. Coach, what's going on? You're on the Pete Tut Lakers postgame show. Coach? Th- coach? Yes, sir. Go hey, ahead. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I just wanted to uh, – I'm really excited about uh, tonight's game because we finally got an opportunity to see Kyle Kuzma get some squared-up shots. A lot of times he's going left or to the right. He's not as solid with that. And I was wondering if you knew the analytics on when he's a catch-and-shoot type guy. Well, I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you. I don't think he gets credit for his squared-up shots. He looks really solid when he does that. Coach, I appreciate you calling in. Um, just real quick on Kuz because I'm going to get to one more call, and uh, we're going to be getting out of here in just a second. Um there is a big difference when Kuz is squared up and he's in rhythm. That jump shot is—it's uh, beautiful. When he's not, he makes it more difficult on himself. And tonight, it's not like he shot all that great. Um, ended up four of twelve from the three-point line, seven of eighteen from the field. One more quick call here before uh, we end the show. Manuel in Gardena. Manuel, what's going on? You're on the post-game show. What's going on, man? Oh, the three-stack honor as usual to talk to All Night Allen, the voice of the Los Angeles Lakers. My man, how are you doing, Alan? You know, I'm, I I I enjoyed the four and three road trip, and I'm looking very much to Thursday's game where we actually had some fans in there. I don't know if you heard Coos and some coach and everybody else talk. I think that's such a significant accomplishment to get to that point. So I'm looking forward to uh, Thursday. Hey, I did. And speaking of coach, nice of him to join us, huh? <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, what I'm saying is. I think they are going to be – they're going to feel the electricity. I'm looking at a 25- to 30-point victory over those hated Boston Celtics and that little leprechaun that they towed around. Well, I'll tell you this, Manuel, I appreciate you calling in as always, all right? Um, Walk away with a W, get that win against the Boston Celtics, just kind of continue to build momentum without some of of your key guys is obviously going to be a main thing. Um, Okay, a couple things I want to promote. Tomorrow, Lakers talk from 7 p.m., to 9 p.m. So we'll have uh, two hours talking Los Angeles Lakers basketball. That's number one. Pre-game show will start at uh, 5.30 against the Celtics. Uh, Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. And a quick little shout-out and a thank you to Adam Bronstein. 13 and a half years here at ESPN. So Bronny making it happen for a long time, and uh, he's leaving us. Bronny's uh, Bronny's taking off. He's going to go work. Uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. So a quick shout-out to Adam Bronstein. 13 and a half years here with ESPN. Obviously a big part of the Lakers broadcast for a number of years. So hats off to Bronny. Um, okay, we'll be back uh, starting tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, and Travis, uh, they'll start at 5 a.m. Obviously tune in all day. And like I mentioned, we got Lakers talk tomorrow night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. As always, Laker fans, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Pizza at Lakers postgame show on 710 ESPN.